0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to SCADCast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Matt Nickley. We are officially in the heart of the holidays, with music, good cheer, and anticipation filling the brisk winter air. It's also a time for reuniting and catching up with old friends like today's special guest and SCAD alumna, Monica Cook. Cook's painting and sculpture work is revered in museums and private collections across the globe. Since receiving her degree, Cook has endlessly explored the breadth of mediums and media available to telling an entirely visual story. Through found objects, a constant openness, and sublime technique, Cook crafts pieces that are unmistakable in their visage and emotional resonance. Her art is immortalized as part of the SCAD permanent collection and is available to private collectors through shop SCAD and SCAD Art Sales. Today's interview comes from 2019 during SCAD Define Art, where Cook was an honored guest and exhibitor. Wallace sat with Cook around selections of her work before they were curated and placed to discuss her international career, experimental approach to creating, and her love of different mediums. From SCADcast, this is on creativity, a conversation between Paula Wallace and Monica Cook.
1: You look immaculate. Oh, thank you. You look immaculate. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, cool. You look amazing, yeah. Thank you. All right, compliment fast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, all right. Monica, I'm so glad to get to talk to you today. We've been uh, friends for a long time, and today we're really celebrating some of your newer work. Um, I know you're always producing brilliant work, and we're so honored to have an exhibit of your work, but kind of let's go back a little bit because you were a painter. How did you embark upon sculpture and animation?
2: Um, so I guess it was almost 10 years ago, I, or seven years ago, I uh, got to a place with my paintings where I felt like I needed to um, take them to another level. I was really tied to the photograph, and so I started painting more from my, my imagination, but missed like the textures and all of the things from painting from life or from photo. So I decided to build sculptures that were um, life-size figures that I could paint from and try to find a way to kind of get in touch with the world that was inside of me more than the world that was outside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started building these life-size figures that I could, that were posable and um, malleable so I could change their expressions and, and pose them. They were even bigger than life-size, weren't they? These, I mean. these figures that I started with were pretty much my, they were my scale, but um, some of them have been bigger <laughs> than life-size. <laughs> but... Uh, so one of my friends, Amber Boardman, who um, at the time was um, doing animation, she came to my studio and said, you know, why aren't you animating these things? Because they're, since they were poseable. Uh, so I, she taught me a little bit about um, the basics of stop motion. And so instead of painting from them, I went down a whole nother rabbit trail of um, of doing stop motion animation. and um, And... Just fell in love with sculpture as well. So it's just been a whole new world to explore and understand. And I've yet to paint from the sculptures. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe
1: that's next. <laughs> yes. Your work ethic is legendary.
2: Tell me a little bit about your studio philosophy. Um, I think um, there's so many things that I really want to do I feel like there's not enough time to do all the things that I really want to do as far as materials and I think the materials kind of guide the work they're the they're the thing that generates the work more so so um my studio I I collect a lot of materials and then the materials kind of guide me um and as far as work ethic I guess (laughs) it's just like a um I don't even know. It that I, I really feel fulfilled when I'm working. So I, it, it's important to me to kind of continue to try new materials and to push myself. And I guess it's like mainly I think in all areas of life, like things that I'm unfamiliar with or that I don't understand, um, then I'm really curious to try to come to a place where I want to learn from those things. So the for me, with materials, working with materials that I don't I don't understand or that are new to me, I'm able to kind of approach it in a more um, naive way that is more like play and more fun. So I think that's where I get most of my energy for my work is through the discovery of, of new materials and trying to understand them. And then once I understand them, um, moving on to kind of build upon them. I heard a SCAD alum
1: the other day refer to uh, kind of a common trait as a scad hustle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that people learn to hustle, but your work is just—you're just unusually productive, and you know, always at such a high quality. I think it's really thank remarkable you. what you've maintained. You know, um, the, the productivity and the quality throughout your career—you've really maintained both. Oh,
2: it's remarkable. You. Thank you.
1: Corn cob, starfish. Life raft teeth, telephone wires. What entices you to source these unexpected materials? Um,
2: I think they—they, they, you know, I'm drawn to things for either the color or the texture or um, the materiality, um, and a lot of times the history of the object. So um, I like objects that already kind of have a story or have already lived a life, and then to put them into a different context that brings a new life to them. Um, I like that too, yeah. like with all of our old buildings. I like that yes. aspect. And all of the collections of things, like at the, <laughs> where I'm staying at the Magnolia, I, I could just get lost in every inch of all of the collections of like beautiful objects. So, I can tell you love materials as well. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I mean, it's, I kind of,
1: um, that's a starting point sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes the opposite is true for artists. Mm-hmm. You have an idea, and then you seek out the materials. But you're kind of mm-hmm. saying you find some materials that appeal to you, mm-hmm. and then you create your art. And in some, and in somewhat, it's driven by those materials. Yeah. So I have read some fascinating reviews of your work, like Lube Monkey Goddesses," "Luminous Death," and "Sequined Birth" <laughs> by your uh, fellow SCAD alum Sarah Walco, who's amazing. Love Sarah. Uh, but, you know, your work is referred to in such, you know, interesting ways. Victorian dystopia, romantic, sci-fi, lewd and luminous, beauty and repulsion. What are you intending to express, Monica?
2: Um, that's a hard, a hard question, because I think that it, it's uh, multifaceted, but in general, I feel like most of my work over the past um, over the past 10 years or so has been a lot about um, about nurturing and and like the love of materials and about the idea of um, of sacrifice and I think being an artist um, or being a mother or being a uh, anything that you love, like the, all of the things in life. A teacher. The, a teacher, yes. yes. It's a service profession. So all of the things that you love, you have to give great sacrifice for. And so I've, I've thought a lot about sacrifice and the, um, the beauty of sacrifice. And um, uh, so a lot of the work has been around the idea of nurturing and, and sacrifice and also transformation. Like, I mean, how you have, have transformations, like how love can transform you or how uh, desire can transform you. So, a lot of that, that's kind of a broad idea about how uh, the kind of general themes of my work in, in my eyes. And I think a lot of times, like, people see my work as like when I read reviews about it and. Yeah, what do you think about that? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I see it so differently. I see everything that I do as very tender. And I'm. I see it more as a. Um, I don't. I don't see the grotesqueness or the kind of creepy edge of the work <laughs> at all. And so I. But I do understand that's a. That's a big player in it because I've, a lot of other people do see that. But I think I'm approaching it from. It's not my intention. It's just how it comes out. <laughs> um, um, so I see the tenderness too. Yeah. I definitely see the tenderness. Thank you. <laughs>
1: You have a strong foundation in studio and art history, and an affection for animation, and now a self professed love for mm-hmm. glass and glass blowing. Um, you know, I really appreciate that diversity in your work because at SCAD we offer over 100 different degrees, and I don't think you should be typecast. I think you should yeah. go in whatever directions are calling you. Um, but how, how do you see your studio practice evolving?
2: Um, I, I feel like, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think that it, you know, it's, it's important to, um, not, uh, pigeonhole yourself as a sculptor or as a painter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that all of the different roles that, um, that I play within my work, they all fuel each other and, um, kind of even guide each other. So, um, I think my newfound love of glass is uh, still, it's still in its incubation stage. I, it's so new still, and um, there's a pretty big learning curve with it. So I, I think it's going to have, have me um, in its grips for quite a while.
1: <laughs> so are you I'm, thinking of going much bigger with Oh, some? yes. Yes, I, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Why did I think that? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that will be cool definitely. Cool to see. You need a, your own behind-the-scenes crew filming you doing all this work, too, because it's so mm-hmm. fascinating um, how it all comes together. I mean, I'd love to see uh, the come process. to my studio. <laughs> what were some of your most formative experiences at SCAD? What do you remember? Like, one of your professors wrote me today that, she was one of your first professors when you first came to Rising Star yes. at SCAD. And you were in the first group of Rising Star Rising Star mm-hmm. students at SCAD. So, um, you know,
2: you've had a lot of experience with SCAD. Yes. That was a great experience. And I think um, for me coming to SCAD, I, I think the most the thing that sticks with me the most is that the sense of community. And it was the first time that I, had a, I was a part of a something bigger, you know, a bigger community who all had similar goals and drives and, and passions. And to be able to have that support of each other and to grow together and to be inspired by each other, I think that was probably what I took away most and what was the most um, influential thing to me was the support of the other students and also the port support of, of SCAD in general? You know, just the, the exhibitions that I was the, um, exhibition opportunities and being part of the the permanent collection and the support, your support. Oh my goodness, like your support over the years is like I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> oh, I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> yes, I'm in awe of you. <laughs> um, thank you. Mom. The
1: Scam Museum of Art Emerging Artist mm-hmm. Gallery was created for alumni like you. So um, it's a true joy to have you exhibiting there. How do you it's feel about honor. exhibiting at your alma mater? It's,
2: it's a big it's a big honor for me to be back here. And also the space is so gorgeous. And um, and to see to see all of the the work together in the same space is is really mm-hmm. exciting.
1: Fantastic. Yes.
2: Do you think the light is Exactly the way
1: you want it in the gallery because it just seems like then this light this even comes even more alive. I don't know what it is about this light, but with gorgeous? it's
2: it's so hard because you have um, the light the way the light changes on it, it totally Mm -hmm. transforms it. Mm Um, and I feel like in the space it's probably going to change too depending on if it's at night or during the day. Yes, that's true.
1: Yeah, well, as long as, as you're happy with it, I mean, it looks gorgeous. I love you know the matte the softness the and, softness yeah. of the of the walls it's like magic so i got a sneak peek of liquid vessels and i see how you're and you explained to me how you're bringing art and science together uh-huh. and of course leonardo da vinci hundreds of centuries ago was known as a scientist and an artist um, your work really illuminates the possibilities of science and art and this beautiful blossom sculpture Aww. is such an exquisite example of that. Thank you. I mean, can you like tell me tell me a little bit about um, this? So and just about in general, how you're you're incorporating all of your. I mean, you're like famously resourceful, and you do extensive research. You think a lot about your work, and um, and you put forth you know so much of yourself into your work. Uh, but I I love this um, idea that you're kind of bringing different disciplines together mm-hmm. in your
2: work too. Yeah, I'd say if I wasn't an artist, I would be in uh, a scientist or maybe possibly living in a, the jungle studying monkeys or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I feel like the um, to me the part of being an artist that I love and I think the reason I mean painting you get it a little bit but with sculpture. I feel like you have the chance to kind of be a mad scientist because you're, you know, you're mixing chemicals you're making and, things and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, there's, and there's so many, uh, so many variables with the different, I mean, I, I, since I didn't really study sculpture formally and, and more of a self-taught sculptor, I, I have to, to do things by trial and error. And so there's a lot of failures, um, and a lot of happy accidents, uh, but to me, like, finding... I just... So, I mean, the, the glass itself, the kind of glass I'm using is also the same kind of glass I use for scientific, uh, scientific glass. It's borosilicate. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the people that I'm studying under are, like, scientific glassmakers. And um, the material here is um, called bismuth, and it's a metal that... Um, it, it's a heavy metal, but it heats up... Um, has a, a low melting point so so you're mixing it up on your stovetop I can mix it up <laughs> on my stovetop. <laughs> yeah I um, and then then as it's cooling it has uh, it oxidizes and the oxidation does the color you have the the color variation you get depends on how quickly it cools um, and then also as it's cooling it starts to form crystals so it forms these geometric, Crystals. It's just like magic. It's doing all this color. If if you feel like you're dealing with some magic, because it mm-hmm. all this color happens, and then when it starts cooling, it just double, double toil and trouble. It turns into all these like crazy crystal formations, like that. It's just so. Remarkable. Then you dip the glass in it, or you pour it on so, the glass, or paint yeah, it on so the glass. Yeah. So after or? you like when your your pot starts to um, when your when the the liquid starts to cool is when it starts to transform. And then I'll, uh, you know, dip it into, and slowly, if you leave it sitting where it is, it'll kind of form to the side of the pan. But if you kind of keep it moving, mm-hmm. it'll start growing these crystals. Wow. Yeah. And you never know what you're going to get, but it's, and if you don't like it, you can just like so it back <laughs> <laughs> melt well, it back down. So
1: what could you use it with besides glass?
2: Um, I think I've well, tried sticking a lot to. of things in there and it, it, it'll stick to um, any kind of stainless steel. With the glass, you have to kind of have a kiln to be able to, because if you shock the glass, it'll crack. So you mm-hmm. have to heat the glass up to oh, a certain yeah. temperature and then dip wow. it and then keep it hot mm-hmm. so that the metal doesn't cool at a slower mm-hmm. rate than the glass cools. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit more variables with glass going in it. But you can you can stick anything that's uh, stainless steel. What about there. natural objects like like twigs or something. Um, I tried that, and they just dissolve. It gets oh. so hot that mm-hmm. they just like dissolve mm-hmm. into it. Um. But I think there's also. Uh, I got this other solution where it's um the same thing for plating jewelry, but you can plate objects. So you could you could plate a twig or an insect or
1: mm-hmm. with oh, gold, and cool. you can
2: let it continue to plate. So then it starts to grow crystals. Well, how do you so do, that's do that? A, instead of usually when you plate something you leave it in for just like a few seconds mm-hmm. and then it coats but if you leave it in for a few days then it it starts to crystallize and looks, form mm. each metal crystallizes at a different and then you can still take it out mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah. Wow.
2: exquisite yeah. it's yes. just exquisite just that um, so
1: to a certain extent you know you you it's kind of a surprise as you're i mean so there's yeah. there's intentionality about it but also uh, the material itself kind of has its way with you.
2: Yes, it does. And you don't, yeah, you never know what you're going to get Um when the the crystals are formal, what color is going to come out. Um, also, with the glass work that I've been doing, um, the you can use, in the same way that you have neon, um, you can pump the gas with argon or neon. So that's another very scientific um all the options with glass that it can hold gases and kind of be animated by the gases, and I guess just like the the strength and the delicacy of it, and just the clarity of the material itself is just gorgeous. so beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell this love affair is going to keep going for a while. I know I'm doomed,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's very personal because yeah, you,
2: actually your own breath is employed in in making this yes. work. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's so I think. It's an incredible experience to actually you're breathing life into something and, and to sculpt something with your breath is kind of remarkable. It's amazing. Yeah. It's
1: amazing. You're amazing. Thank you.
2: Know. you. You're amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Is there anything that you'd like to talk about, like about your career or um, any of your upcoming shows or work or anything else that you'd like to talk about? Um, I,
2: I have a show coming up at... Um, Gallery Poolson in Copenhagen, and that's um, during the summer. And then at the very end of the summer, I have a show with um, Urban Glass, who is the mm-hmm. um, that gave me the fellowship last year. Uh, so it'll be a b- busy, busy summer for so me. So will that be in New York? Yeah, the Urban Glass is in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have you been to Copenhagen before? I haven't. No, I hear it's the happiest place. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, we should yeah. meet up there. I'd love to see your show. I'll, there. I will definitely. I will send you an invitation. That <laughs> would be amazing. Wonderful.
1: Well, congratulations, Monica, on all your work and all your success. I'm so uh, proud of you. Well,
2: thank you so much, and thank you for for um, giving me the honor of this show. I'm very excited. Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed hearing from Monica Cook. You can view selections of Cook's work and keep up with her exhibitions at monicacook.com. And for anyone looking to give the gift of art this season, be sure to browse the catalog of original student, alumni, and faculty creations at scadartsales.com and at shopscad.com. There are unique items for everyone on your list. Over the holidays, Keep up with the best of art and culture by visiting museums that are open in your area and attend virtual exhibitions to help support artists and cultural venues. The SCAD Museum of Art currently includes exhibitions by Helen Frankthaler and Emily May Smith. And at the SCAD FASH Museum of Fashion and Film, Academy Award winner and friend of SCAD, Ruth E. Carter, presents Afrofuturism in Costume Design. Thank you for tuning in to SCADcast and On Creativity, executive produced by SCAD president and founder Paula Wallace, with original music by SCAD alumnus George Lovett. On behalf of the entire SCAD community, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay active. We'll see you next time.